2: You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.
1: Helping you get to the back end of the work week. Welcome to The Hump Show on After Hours.
3: We get to the top of this mountain, we get to the middle point of the work week, and then at least we can see what's downhill in front of us, and we can start to cruise down that mountain.
1: Uh-oh,
4: guess what day it is?
3: This is the, the point at which we're not quite anticipating the weekend, or maybe we are, but it feels like it's uh, it's not. It's just it's going to take forever. Everybody's working for the weekend. Guess what today is?
1: It's hump day. Getting you to the good half of your week. It's the Hump Show on After Hours.
3: That's it. We made it. In fact, one hour until we are dead center of the work week. But we are cresting the top of the hill. Sometimes, some weeks, the hill feels a lot more like a mountain. Or maybe we just turn the mole hill into a mountain. That could be possible as well. I've talked to a bunch of colleagues who are still recovering from the trip to Las Vegas. I, I know that sounds like we're soft, and maybe it is the truth. But you come back from Las Vegas, or if you stayed for the Super Bowl, you're you're there through the game. But we come back from Las Vegas. We work that Super Bowl Sunday after traveling on a red-eye home. Uh, and then you go right into the rest of a work week. And there's really no recovery period from Las Vegas. Now, I know it was my choice to stay until Saturday night, so I'm not complaining about it. Only that with the challenges of working days and then nights as well uh, while we were there and just out of the regular routine, not eating well, I still (laughs) feel like I'm recovering. Uh, The weekend was nice, but why do the weekends go so quickly? I mean, the obvious answer is because they're a lot shorter than the work weeks, but it feels as though those hours just fly by in a way that the work weeks does not. Uh, and then I know a lot of people take off this week post-All-Star break in the NBA. There are no NBA games until Thursday, uh, and it's a quieter period in the NFL, although gearing up for not just the franchise tags that could be leveled, uh, now they are available to be handed out by the teams. We're in that window. Uh, the combine is coming up. We've also got, when you think about the, the winter sports and the pro ranks, um, the NHL as well as Major League Baseball now gearing up. And so there's plenty going on. And I've enjoyed being here and having a little extra creativity to get outside the box, if you will, uh, like tonight's show. But still, for whatever reason, there is a, a long winter's nap required after football season. And I'm, I don't think I've quite gotten to it yet. Snatches here and there of the rest. You know, I heard one time that it's actually impossible to catch up on sleep, which was very depressing for me. I, I've heard that it's actually scientific. Once you've had a really bad day or stretch of sleep, you can't actually catch up. I just, that's unfair. Who made that rule? <laughs> I think there has to be a way you can catch up on sleep. Now, I don't know that you do it with an old dog who requires a lot of extra care. Boy, Pen, she is a trooper, though. She's still trucking, and she makes the decision very difficult. Uh, to uh, When to say goodbye to her is extremely tough because she just keeps moving, uh, and because she still eats like a champ, even though she is losing weight. She's still eating really well, and loves her walks, and wags her tail whenever she sees her mama. Uh, So, yeah, the sleep has been hard to come by since Vegas. Again, not complaining, only stating facts and why this does feel like a major hump show. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio. On Twitter, After Hours CBS. Or you can use my Twitter, ALaw Radio. There's photos. There's the question. There's the bright orange box where you can ask us questions. So Ask Amy Anything is next hour. And it's Ryan's first time. So I think you should send him all those great questions you've been sitting on and saving. Now's the time. Because Ryan is, yeah, this is his initiation. He's a newbie. So let's convince him that it's worth doing. And maybe he doesn't know this, that it's the longest running franchise and feature in the history of After Hours. Now 10 years old. We've been doing Ask Amy Anything almost weekly for 10 years. And still, there are questions. (laughs) So the bright orange box on Twitter or on our Facebook page. And then at the same time, We've got the question of the day. Now, Ryan put up the Twitter question. Okay, so he's the one who's responsible for the Doc Rivers gif, who really was the catalyst for this particular question, in my mind anyway. Because Doc Rivers is damned if he does and damned if he doesn't. It doesn't matter what he does. He gets blamed for everything, even when it's a contrived argument for the sake of TV. And I really do think it might actually be a staged debate that we saw on Tuesday between a former player under Doc Rivers and his son, who also actually played for him and was teammates with the first player. The more and more I think about it and watch it and just the convenience of it all and the fact that they were both available on Tuesday on the same TV set. No, nah, I don't know about that. Anyway, Ryan's GIF is Doc Rivers. Mine is Probably has nothing to do with the toughest job in sports, and yet it's perfect. You all know I don't use gifts very often just because I'm not that savvy, uh, and I, I don't know why. I think gifts at times, they become caricatures, and I'm just not a huge fan, always. But when Jay is not doing this the social, every now and then I'll get creative, and I will come up with my own GIF. So on this edition of the show... Not only did I manage to post the Ask Amy Thought Bubble all by myself at home, but I've also posted a GIF. I'm really proud of it. I'm not going to tell you what it is. You have to go check it out. On this edition of the show, what is the toughest job in sports complete with a brilliant GIF? Is it coach? Is it referee? Is it official of some other sort? Maybe an umpire? A quarterback? A kicker? A manager? I don't know, but maybe closer in Major League Baseball. That's a tough job, too. You don't get a chance to warm up. You just come on in and boom. Of course, you get paid a lot of money if you're really good at it to pitch one inning a night, (laughs) if that. Race car driver. That's a stressful position. Water boy or water girl. Caddy. Radio host. That might get my vote. I might be the only one. All right, so check out the gift that I'm really proud of on our Facebook page. And then our phone number is 855-212-4227. What is the toughest job in sports? TJ is in Miami. TJ. Yeah, good morning, Amy. Hi. Yeah, um, congratulations on your wedding. Thank you. Yeah, um, the toughest job in sports is FIFA president. <laughs> well, that's Not- that's, that depends. Is he being honest or is he being corrupt? No, because to get, to pick a country to host the World Cup, that's, that's the toughest job.
5: And the last World Cup, they say a lot of money, Qatar will pay off FIFA.
3: Right. It definitely did not go, well, it, it wasn't, I wouldn't say it wasn't not a success, uh, but you're right about picking the country and picking the host because very often the infrastructure isn't there and these are promises made years down the road uh, and the, the countries or the cities themselves are not prepared to handle in the case of Cutter, uh, and, and some of the other countries too. It's not just Cutter, but there are all kinds of problems. However, uh, he doesn't pick it all by himself. He does have a board
5: yeah, but uh, some corruption went in, went into that last World Cup. Kicking.
3: Yeah, yeah. There, that's true. If you're a FIFA president who's committed to ruling out corruption and weeding out right. corruption, well, that's definitely a tough job. A
5: lot of people lost their job that, that, that here.
3: All right, TJ, I like it. No one else has said FIFA president. Yeah, I got, I got one more. Okay. The next one is to be Brazil coach. The The Brazil coach. What, because yeah. because they're high expectations. Right. Yeah. And a very large nation full of people who want to play right. on the international He's the best stage. Guy. I, right. I like it, TJ. Thank you so much for your answers. No problem. Thanks, Thanks Amy. Have a good day. You good, too. Good morning. <laughs> So, well, yes, I don't, I don't know if it's a morning yet. I'm the other, the other day, Ryan and I were trying to get our our uh, time straight, but he was saying today, and I was saying tomorrow, and we were saying tonight, and then we were saying in the morning, and yeah, neither one of us had any idea what we were talking about. Steve is in Louisville. Steve, welcome to After Hours. What's the toughest job in sports?
1: Well, uh, a guy named Chris said it, and you did a good job of talking about the catcher. You ask any any little league I was coached by the kids the Little League once in a while. We try to get a catcher. Most <laughs> of those kids don't want to catch. That's it's true. it's a little bit dangerous.
3: It's rough. Yeah, it's rough. And uh,
1: uh and, and with with every batter, catchers maybe three three or five, ten pitchers pitches, one little mistake, change the mm. the whole game. And That's... change the whole and it might not be and even if he if the pitcher if the catcher misses, it, uh, then it's not that maybe you know, I bet you. You ask a lot of catchers; they probably don't want to catch uh, knuckleballs. Uh, uh, they're hard. They're hard. Not hard for the batter to see it. It's hard for the catcher to see
3: it. Yeah, for uh, sure.
1: So, so you got to have a catcher has guts. If I was in a fight in a rhubarb, with I don't want to fight the catcher. They got guts. They're stupid, or they got plenty of guts to play that game the way they do. So,
3: I anyway. like that one. Okay, so catcher. Any other ones?
1: Uh, uh quarterback. The quarterback has a mm. tough job.
3: It definitely is. Everything you have to yeah. process at the line, and there are large men just waiting to take you out on the other side. Every,
1: every play. you got a big guy coming at you.
3: You def- so Well, and if you're lucky, it's just one.
1: Yes. <laughs> you're right.
3: All right, right Steve. Thanks so much for your phone call. I appreciate it. You
1: do a great job. Man. You do a great job. Oh, I Over. appreciate
3: that. Thank you for listening. Bye. Yeah, bye. 855-212-4227, what is the toughest job in sports? Eddie finds us on Twitter, After Hours, CBS. Got to be the equipment manager. Most fans have no idea who you are. Well, as an equipment manager, do you need the fans to know who you are? <laughs> he says, but you can't do anything without them, meaning the teams. And he says, yes, I'm a former equipment guy. I don't know, Eddie. I'm not sure that equipment manager is a position that should Equal or equate to a lot of glory. Fans don't even know who you are. Yeah, equipment managers don't have fans. I, I will agree with that. Is it the toughest job in sports? Well, I can imagine you get blamed for a lot, like deflating footballs in New England, and then mysteriously the equipment manager just disappears, never to be heard from again. I think he's on an island off the coast of South Africa somewhere. He just... he. Fell on the sword. They paid him royally to go sail off to another part of the world. Lost at sea. He's lost at sea. The equipment manager for the New England Patriots. Toughest job in sports. Not anymore. We got to the bottom of that. Oh, my gosh. I could put myself right back in that space where for two bleeping years, we had to talk about deflate gate. And just the word itself gives me... Ajita makes me break out in hives, deflate gate. That had to be some of the, just the most ridiculous radio and TV coverage of all time. And yet everyone in sports was talking about it. I mean, the science of deflating footballs. That was crazy. I don't ever, ever, ever want to go back to that. (laughs) I'm having flashbacks right now. 855-212-4227, 8552124227 uh you better all head to facebook and check out my gif because it's brilliant it yeah i don't know if it has anything to do with the question but i do know that it seems to <laughs> it seems to reflect the angst that the toughest job in sports uh, is Well, the toughest job in sports accompanies, right? So the angst accompanies the toughest job in sports. Uh, (laughs) This one is from Bear, being the head coach of the Panthers. (laughs) That's true. Third straight year that David Tepper has fired a coach in season. It's short term pain. That's true. And you do get paid a lot of money for it as well, but you're also out of a job. It's really a dead end gig. And it's not just the three head coaches he's fired in mid season. The interim coaches have not retained their jobs either. So if you're, if you're including them, they've also gotten does boot. Uh, he goes on to say the owner has no patience. Every coach starts on the hot seat. I'm so glad Ben Johnson of the Lions turned them down last year. Well, that is the story, I suppose. Uh, now Ben Johnson has got a PR guy who's putting everything out there, spinning it the way that he wants. So I have to be careful uh, what I believe about Ben Johnson. I know that the Lions in the locker room and the Lions fans outside the locker room are happy to have him returning to Detroit. Let's see. Steve, in Detroit, as a matter of fact, what is the toughest job in sports?
6: Hi, I had, I actually had two, uh, two for you. We just mentioned the one with the, uh, NASCAR, and the other one I had was uh, a hockey referee.
3: Now, why hockey? Hey, you
6: got all, all your all your hockey players are all in padded, all uh, uniform. <laughs> I've actually been I've actually been to a hockey game and watched a slap shot bounce off the crossbar and dropped uh, the referee to the ice. That's tough. You got to have, I mean, if if you look at the refs out there on the ice, they're not padded up. You got got that puck moving around that ice from one end to the next, 80, 90, 100 miles an hour. I would not want to be hit by one of those.
3: I agree with that. And then I'm thinking about NFL officials as well and how often you've got the back judge uh, and some of the other guys who get taken out by players, they aren't wearing pads either. In fact, in the case of football, they're just wearing hats. They're not even wearing helmets like they do in hockey.
6: And then probably, and then here's another question, would be the most dangerous job in, in, in sports, and I, I just thought of this, and that would have to be Anybody sitting along the first base or the third base line as a, as a spectator and not watching uh, watching that batter hit that ball and and hoping that, that ball don't come right there and hit you in the... Uh, All right,
3: that's not a job. You pay for that. You pay right, and right. you sign up that, for those seats. That's not a job.
6: <laughs> it's not a job, but that would be one of the most... Probably dangerous things uh, as, as far as sports goes. All right,
3: don't try to change the subject, Stephen Detroit. <laughs> All right, have a good night. Thank you. I appreciate it. Uh, so he goes with NASCAR driver as well as NHL referee. Here are some creative ones. I do love the creative answers on Facebook already because it's my gift. My gift is inspiring you. Ronald says, coaching Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> Actually, I give Matt LaFleur a ton of credit. He came in after Rodgers was already well-established. So that's hysterical. Uh, Again, I think you're inspired by my gif on our Facebook page, After Hours with Amy Lawrence. Uh, Teresa agrees with catcher in baseball. Uh, Mike says goalie in hockey. There's another really creative one. Don, the guy guarding Steph Curry. Oh, so true. Matthew Deladova still in the hospital with... Dehydration. Yeah. I mean, it takes a village to guard Steph Curry, but the one who's matched up with him specifically needs a ton of help. That's a good one. And then Mark agrees that it's radio host. Oh, yeah. That's it. This job is extremely tough. I'm hungry all the time. I can never quite get enough coffee to stay awake. My sleep pattern sucks. Find the world's tiniest violin so I can play it for you, uh, on Twitter after our CBS or on my Twitter A Law Radio, and then also on our Facebook page. What is the toughest job in sports? And one of the reasons that I thought about this is because Doc Rivers is getting roasted by a former player, and because the Bucks are three and seven since he took over in Milwaukee, and somehow that's. His fault. Now, I I do think it's the front office and their expectations are ridiculous. Uh, but the Nets just pulled the wool out from underneath. Oh no, they they pulled the rug out from underneath. See, I told you how I am with cliches. They pulled the rug out from underneath Jacques Vaughn again, and it's not it's not just because of the losing. It's because of the team and how the team is not responding to him the last two months or so. And that's the thing. Coaches and managers can get blamed when players don't put their best foot forward. When players are screwing up, coaches and managers are sometimes still the easiest thing to change. It could mean not even their fault, and they still get fired or get removed. Also ahead on the show, Aaron Judge. With a 14-year World Series drought for the Yankees. And him wearing the captaincy on his chest, he is raising the bar for New York. Of course, this coming off a devastating toe injury that took him out for, what was it, 40-plus games last season. Not sure if you saw that the new playoff format for college football has been approved. And so we'll get to that as well. There's a lot, but mostly what is the toughest job in sports And send your questions for Ask Amy Anything because Ryan needs a plethora from which to choose. A smorgasbord of questions, if you will. Uh, So send them to our Twitter, After Hours CBS, or our Facebook page. It's the Hump Show. Enough said. It's After Hours on CBS Sports Radio.
1: You are listening to the After Hours Podcast.
3: Is the toughest job in sports to be a coach at the pro level? That's kind of tough to top. You have zero job security, and it's always about what have you done for me in the last five minutes. There is so little patience when it comes to owners and front offices for their coaches. And honestly, if you could get those owners and front office execs to take truth serum, they might tell you. Uh, We know it's not the coach's fault, but that's the only piece we can change. And how much it becomes a cop-out. Oh, the coach has lost the locker room. Well, whose fault is that? Because the players don't want to listen anymore? That somehow becomes the coach's fault. Now, granted, there are coaches that were ill-suited, not prepared, had huge egos, Josh McDaniels. There are some really bad coaches. I'm not telling you they're all real good. But when a coach wins a Super Bowl like Doug Peterson and gets fired a couple years later, that blows me away. And when a coach gets fired and blamed for what are mistakes on the field by the athletes, the field, the court, the ice, it blows me away. And I think that is something I'd never want to do, as in ever. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio. We're just over an hour away from Ask Amy Anything, part of the Hump Show every week, including this week, because Ryan is bravely going where he's never been before. This might be the toughest job in sports, asking Amy anything, uh, but Ryan has agreed. He's checking out your questions on Twitter, After Hours CBS, or on our Facebook page, named after the show. So even when Producer Jay is not here, the show Must go on. And honestly, I tell producers all the time, you can't mess up the show. Only I can mess up the show. That is why my name is on it, because only I can mess it up. (laughs) 855-212-4227. Please, just because I rarely do it and because I'm so proud of myself, check out the gif that I used on our Facebook page. That's the kind of angst that comes with being a coach or a manager at the pro level. Uh, John... John, I don't know why I said John. Jacques Vaughn, well, oh, it was a combination. It was my brain and my mouth were not in sync, and I was going with Vaughn, but but I knew it started with a J. Jacques Vaughn has j- just recently been removed again as the coach of the Brooklyn Nets, and Sean Marks, boy, he's seen a lot of coaching changes as the GM.
4: We're in a uh, results-driven business, and you know, I look back and I say, well, you know, this isn't where this team needs to be, and this is not the direction that uh, that we need to be heading in. So that's when you have to make these tough decisions with twenty eight games to go and and, and fifty five uh, days before before the playoff start, it, it's time where we can get some movement with this group. And the expectations for uh, Kevin as the as the as the, the new head coach here is is to come in and get that movement.
3: Kevin being Kevin Ollie, who is a former NBA player himself, but also was the assistant coach on Vaughn's staff. And you may remember while we were talking about UConn uh, earlier in the show, the UConn men's basketball team won a national championship when Kevin Ollie took over for the retiring or outgoing Jim Calhoun. It's after hours here on CBS Sports Radio. So Sean Marks is talking playoffs for Kevin Ollie, who does definitely have some high standards. He wants hustle. He wants them to improve when it comes to some of the stats that are a little more obscure, which are a better indicator of heart and effort and desire. And that's part of what was questioned with the Nets. Now, here's how it's gone with the Nets. I know nobody cares about the Nets right now, other than the fact that they've had a coaching change. But this is a stark turning point for their season. They were at 500 in late December when they played a game against the Milwaukee Bucks who coincidentally have already fired their head coach in that game against the Bucks the starters the, the vast majority of the starters ended up sitting so it was considered a load management rest type of situation not all the team uh, all of the team members were on board it sounds like they're putting that at the feet of Jacques Vaughn, that it was his decision. Either way, it did not play well with the Nets. Furthermore, since that point, the team has been awful. So they were 500 when that happened. The NBA fined the team $100,000, I think was the fine. Find him $100,000 because they violated, essentially, the load management rules by sitting the whole team like that. And since then... It's readily apparent that there's a disconnect somewhere. Was it with Jacques Vaughn? Was it just the fact that the guys didn't care anymore? But the weird thing is they were at 500 then. So something happened. In that case, if there was in fact a break in the trust or a break in the relationship between players and coach, well, yeah, that's a reason to make a change. A lot of people, though, were pointing to their blowout against the Celtics. Did you guys see this? It was the Valentine's Day massacre. Uh, Fifty points they lost to the Celtics on Valentine's Day. But Shawn Mark says, "Hey, you can't just pinpoint that day."
4: I think it would be a, a little silly of me to say, "Well, it was it was that and that was that." I think when you when you get to a juncture here and you've had the last two months that, as I said before, quite frankly, have we have not had the results that we wanted to have. You look at the grand scheme of things.
3: I would agree that something went horribly wrong. So this is not a great example of how a coach is being made the fall guy. Because whether or not that was his decision to to have all the players sit and to take the big fine, maybe it was actually something Sean Marks was on board with. But they were a playoff competitive team there, a playoff competitor. And since then have been one of the worst teams in the NBA. And a lot of what Sean Marks is ticked about is that the team doesn't seem like they're trying anymore. And sometimes that is about the leadership. And so they promote Kevin Ollie, who definitely won't have any excuses for lack of energy or effort.
4: It's been fun to watch Kevin grow and, and really hear his voice. You know, his, he's always carried a great voice in there. He's very direct with the players. Um, he does hold them accountable. Um, I've enjoyed watching his scouting reports in this. And, you know, he's he's played and won at a very high level. And this is the life that we chose. chosen. Um, I've played 13 years in 12 different teams. Uh, so I'm experienced in all this. Uh, culture changes, being traded, 10-day contracts. Um, being an assistant coach at, at UConn and becoming the head coach and understanding how you can make a change and how you can make a commitment in chaos. Um, you know, I'm, I'm I'm used to this. I'm built for this. Um, and I want to make sure our players know that um, life is going to hit you. It's going to test you. But that test becomes a testimony on the type of person you can be.
3: I think that's ironic, especially given what we're talking about tonight, the toughest job in sports. And here he is. Uh, kind of reviewing his own career in which he played for a a dozen teams over 12 years. He was constantly on the move. Uh, You will hear journeyman athletes talk about that, what it's like to be traded and to pick up and to start over in a new city and how it's a challenging and difficult life. So maybe that's the answer. A rank-and-file player or a player in minor league baseball. That could be the toughest job in sports as a minor leaguer who is trying to break into the majors and just everything that goes along with the years that they pour into um, the their minor league careers that can feature bus rides and uh, no really no attention uh, until the guy above you with the major league team somehow gets injured. I mean they're obviously highly touted and highly. Um, regarded prospects that get to the majors a lot more quickly. But if you are the major, one of the majority of the minor leaguers out there in baseball, man, it is a tough job. That's why one of my favorite sports movies is The Rookie. <laughs> About the, was the 40-year-old pitcher who made his Major League Baseball debut. That is so good. Remind me who, I can see his face in my head. Who played him? Uh, what was his name? Shoot. Uh, Dennis Quaid. Oh, my gosh, such a great movie. People ask me my favorite sports movies. The Rookie might be one of them. Anyway, what is the toughest job in sports? That's what we're asking. We'll get back to your calls, 855-212-4227. Maybe it's Aaron Judge. If you don't hit 70 home runs and play 160 games and the Yankees win the World Series, you're a complete and utter failure. Man, we're tough as sports fans. What is wrong with us?
0: odyssey celebrates father's day
2: brought to you by t-mobile you can count on t-mobile to help you stay connected on america's largest 5g network
1: you are listening to the after hours podcast Pitch is swung on and hit in the air to center field in deep back goes just on the track at the wall she is gone Unbelievable. Aaron Judge in his first at bat of the year. It's a home run to dead center. It is a judge blast. All rise. Here comes the Judge. This is After Hours with Amy Lawrence.
3: John Sterling on Yankees radio. I don't know. Maybe Aaron Judge has the toughest job in sports because no matter What he does, if it's not hit a home run, it's not grand success. its I don't want to go as far as to say it's failure, but it's a letdown. When Aaron Judge doesn't hit a home run, it's a letdown. As the captain of the Yankees, who just missed the playoffs for the first time since 2016, in his first year with the massive contract extension and the C on his chest, As they extend their drought to 14 years with no World Series title, the pressure continues to mount. And last year, on the heels of his record-setting season with the, what, the 62 home runs for the new American League record, he crashes into an outfield gate in Los Angeles. So it's part of the bullpen, if I remember correctly. Crashes into a gate in early June of 2023, Ends up with all kinds of toe issues, dislocated, torn ligament, needs surgery, misses 42 games, and actually tells us that it's going to be a challenge for him the rest of his career.
5: Yeah, it's just going to be, a, I think, a constant maintenance, I think, the rest of my career. Anything with injuries like that, you just got to stay on top of it so it doesn't, doesn't flare up again or something doesn't happen again. So we're feeling good right now. We're out there. We're moving. We're grooving. So we're going to try to keep it that way.
3: And his size and his bulk, he joked that because that injury happened when he was playing right field at Dodger Stadium, the team is moving him to center field because it's dangerous. (laughs) It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio. Uh, He does believe in what the Yankees have done this offseason, but he recognizes. Now, again, this is part of why Aaron Judge may have the toughest job in sports. Only one outcome will be acceptable to Yankees fans and Yankees brass.
5: Yeah, that's that's why we're here. That's why I get up every single day. That's why I put in the work, not only, you know, at the field but in the off season. It's to bring a championship home back to back to the city, back to this team. It's been quite a long time since we've, you know, got to that finish line, but I think a lot of the guys, the pieces that we've added, you know, into this room, you know, especially a couple of the changes we made with coaches, guys we brought in, I think it's all gonna, you know, push us towards the right direction, which is, you know, ultimately being the last team standing.
3: Aaron Judge, healthy. And ready to patrol an outfield near you. And he certainly is one of the faces of baseball. But, man, what a letdown it was, right? When he came off the record-setting season, he got the huge deal from the Yankees. Remember, the Giants were bidding for him, too. He chose to stay in the Bronx. And then, and I'm not saying it was disappointing for the fans more than it was for Aaron. Because he certainly wanted to be out there. But, gosh, uh, that injury, just because he was doing his best, playing his job a uh, it was a freak injury that took him out and now is something that he has to deal with and has to start fresh. But hope does spring eternal. That's the whole emotion for fans and for players. I think this time of the year are really any sport when you get into training camp and you have an opportunity to go through a preseason and everyone is on equal footing and there's so much promise. And then... Wah, 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 It goes horribly wrong. So, what is the toughest job in sports as we're thinking about the downside? 855 212 on Twitter, A Law Radio, on our Facebook page, too. I'm so glad you like my GIF. Maybe the toughest job in sports is being my producer because in hmm, a little over 11 years, I've gone through nine, I believe. That's not even counting Ryan, who's one of the fill ins. All right, Carl is in Baltimore. Carl, welcome to After Hours. What do you think?
5: I think I hear me. This is all, uh, Carl. I know you don't listen to cricket a lot. Can you hear me? Uh, yes, sir. Yeah, cricket. Mostly the game, and the wicket keeper is the person to me. Got the most difficult job. How come? And I put the quarterback behind that, in football. That's all.
3: Gotcha. So, quarterback number two behind ricket keeper, but why is it tough for people who don't know the game?
5: Because that is the person that um, he got a cater for the bowler and all the feelers and everything. He sees the entire game more than the captain of the game.
3: Mm. Is he like a goalie?
5: Yeah, but in a more difficult way.
3: Oh. I mean, I've seen cricket some on TV. I will confess, though, that I don't know any of the rules.
5: That's the mind. It's, it's something like the catcher for the spot. Oh,
3: okay. I gotcha. Well, that certainly is a popular answer tonight a catcher or a goalie. Uh, so, ricket keeper, right out there. Ricket keeper. Yep. Yes. Gotcha. Okay. Thank you so much, Carl. Good to talk to you.
5: Same here. Bye bye.
3: David is in Buffalo. David, what's the toughest job in sports?
7: Hi, Amy. First time uh, caller, long time listener. Awesome. Um, Thank you. I would say kicker. And now, Bill's
3: kicker kick... specifically?
7: <laughs> no, kicker period. Oh, OK. I think when the game is on the line, you yes. don't get reimbursed quite as well as like a head coach. Right. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, obviously being a Bills fan, I'm a little partial, but, you know.
3: I mean, I certainly know that being a Bills kicker comes with a history that isn't necessarily particular to that person, but that there's no way uh, the current kicker can outrun. And actually now he's got his own piece of that history. So I would agree and and then you consider the elements, right? You consider the cold and the wind uh in western New York, and how that can affect him for his home games, where you know where you're expected to be the master of your own field, and yet man, it's never easy in the wintertime in buffalo
7: and then on top of that um sorry i I've worked sixteen hours, so I do apologize, but um. You know, on top of that you don't get the reimbursement that a coach does. You know what I mean? And then mm-hmm. you sit on the sidelines constantly, day in, day out, and you wait for your opportunity to like shine. And then and I think uh Norwood back in the day was like one of the leading scorers in Bill's history. Yes. I'm not sure yeah. on that, but you know, and then for your time to shine and then to be tainted with
3: that. Right. And that's what people remember about you. Right. Uh, all of a sudden, exactly. everything else that you did doesn't matter anymore. And for Scott Norwood, as you point out, uh, he was I mean, he was a really accurate kicker. Um, and, and in fact, I just Googled it to be sure. Uh, seven seasons for the Bills. And he missed all of seven extra points, seven extra points. Uh, he had nearly 700 points in his tenure with the Bills. And yet, what do people remember about him? Yeah, the, wide, right. wide right. Exactly. That's what people remember about him, which is, it's tough. It's a little bit like Bill Buckner, right? One, one oh, moment absolutely. in time. And that's what people remember about you, a ball through the wickets.
7: But then at the same time, you don't get to like, show your talents on the field all day every day every that's game true. That's true. like i think i think at one point he outscored uh oj simpson so hmm. but
3: it's a name i haven't heard in a while all right david i like it i hope you get some sleep all right thank you bill's kicker now he wasn't saying specifically bill's kicker but because of where he hails from uh that's true you can be a popsicle sitting on the bench. Even if they do have the heaters and the tents and the coats and all that jazz. And the ball, I've heard this from punters and kickers. They've told me, when it's that cold, the ball feels like a stone. You are kicking a stone. And after coming off of a off the field in a game in which the temps are... I Below freezing, and you've got wind chills that maybe make it negative. Uh, what if you want to just real quick, Ryan, Google for me, the temps for the the Buffalo Bills uh, playoff game against the chiefs, right uh, that that was the one that we were talking about with the cold uh, and, some kind of record, blah, blah, blah. But that's what you get when you're talking about oh, games at Arrowhead Stadium as well. I mean, I've I've been to a game in December at Arrowhead Stadium and I stood on the sidelines for the first half and I could not feel my feet by the time it was it was half. I couldn't feel my feet. It was so cold. Now, great that I was not wearing uh, shoes that were equipped. I went for fashion and not practicality. And so that was my fault. I was much younger in my career. It was low teens with the wind chill in... The Buffalo game. Mm -hmm. The Chiefs game, it felt like, was a 25, negative 30? Fantastic. That's how hard it is to kick because you're kicking essentially a boulder. It's after hours here on CBS Sports Radio. We'll get back to your calls, 855-212-4227. On Facebook, David says, PR for the Oakland Athletics soon to be moving, which I I think the job will get easier when they move to Vegas because all of a sudden it's the bright lights in the big city. But, yeah, right now, oh, my goodness. Uh, and then he goes on to say, also, college football head coach, besides being responsible for the actions of all the students, you have to win every year, you have to recruit, you have to keep recruiting because of the transfer portal, you have to keep boosters happy, annoy the wrong one, they'll try to get rid of you even if you have a winning record. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot there. Uh, Let's see Paul on Facebook as the games and athletes have gotten faster being an official has become much more difficult agreed Uh, Roger goes with NHL goalie seeing a puck 100 miles per hour is no joke let alone getting hit in the chest by one ouch 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 Uh, let's see. Mike says referee or umpire in any sport. Uh, Jackie says boxer, taking blow after blow. But then she says, well, if you're a good boxer, you don't take blow after blow. But then she says bullfighter, getting stuck with the horns. (laughs) Getting stuck with the horns. I like how she puts that. (laughs) Or getting trampled. Yeah, that's far worse, actually. What is the toughest job in sports? It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence, CBS Sports Radio.
2: You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.
0: Odyssey celebrates the class of
2: 2024, brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network.